0: 1061 Nash Icon, WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at nashfm1061.com, presented by crescentcitysports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca Bicadies, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Lifegate Church in Mandeville and Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, by Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area, and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time, to join in the conversation, call 504 260 1061. Now, here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star.
1: And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access. This is the Monday Night Edition here on 1061 FM, Nash icon on the web. We're at Nash FM 1061.com. Tune in app available anywhere in the world. For you to listen in via iHeart, Alexa will give you the station as well. Just say, play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061-FM. Podcast available after each show through CrescentCitySports.com. Of course, you can call the show, 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. Or you can email me. It's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Later on in the show, We'll visit with Lisa Stockton, the head women's basketball coach of the Tulane Lady Wave. They're eight and four on the year. They got a big game with a nationally ranked team coming up, and we'll talk about that. Also, we'll visit with Ross Jackson, Canal Street Chronicles, and Lockdown Saints. We'll talk about the New Orleans Saints season that was and what is to come for the franchise, as well. Of course, tonight is the national championship game in college football, another rematch game between Georgia and Alabama, and joining us to talk about that, among other things, gentlemen gentleman who covers the SEC and a whole bunch of sports entities for OutKick.com. You know him very well. of Pride, Glenn Gilbo. Hey, Glenn, how are you? Hello, Ken. How are you? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Appreciate you joining us, and all good. How's the new venture going? It's been a few months now. Talk about OutKick.com.
2: It's been fun. It's, it's been good. I get to cover uh, the SEC West and the, the SEC as a as a whole, and they still uh, also let me do uh, stories here and there on the Saints, um, some of their home games, and of course I wrote about last night's uh, game and double game, really with <laughs> the Rams and Forty ers But no, it's been a lot of fun. It's um, I, I traveled uh, quite a bit until the. Um, you know, they went back to Zoom and, and so forth. I didn't. I didn't go when, when that started happening again. But it's. Uh, but I'm going to travel more in the future once, once that lightens up with the COVID again. Um, but it's been. It's been a lot of fun. Ourkick.com. It's an easy website to get to. It combines sports and politics and culture and um, pop culture. And uh, you know, there's no uh, subscriptions that it tries to get you to by, you know, no limit to the stories, free website, so good to join you.
1: Excellent, to say the least, and appreciate the time as always, and before we talk about the National Championship, God, with regard to the SEC, still a disparity between the West and East, the West just better, Kentucky was pretty good this year, Tennessee's on the come, of course Florida took a major nosedive, and that was part of the reason that the East wasn't as good, but that's been the case in recent years as compared to the West, and that's why some say Georgia doesn't play as tough a schedule as the teams that come out of the West, like Alabama. Uh, You can see the East coming on, though. Tennessee's getting better with Josh Heupel, Kentucky. Coach Stoops has done a really good job. You don't expect Florida to sit where they're at for very long. So I would guess you'd see the East starting to make a move, or do you think the West will continue to
2: dominate? Well, I think the East has made a move in the name of Georgia in the last couple of years. I mean, there's no West team other than Alabama that is really even close to Georgia. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like this Georgia and Alabama and all the rest. And You know, I thought Florida was – they almost made the playoffs in 2020 and should have beat Alabama. I was at that game in Gainesville. It's just hard to imagine what happened to Florida after that. Um but uh, they're, they're having major roster issues as is LSU right now. But uh, you know, and Auburn is, is an average to bad team as well. Uh, I don't see LSU making a lot of improvement this coming season. I, I think they look like an eight win team. But you know, you look at Ole Miss and Arkansas; they're uh, they on the improve. Uh, so the West the West is still better, but uh, the East has a legitimate national power in Georgia in the last few years where they where they didn't have that before
1: i've always subscribed to the innocent until proven guilty scenario and also the guilty until proven innocent scenario and yet i have picked georgia to win tonight what's wrong with me what am i thinking
2: <laughs> well you know that's what i wrote about this morning I, I'm, I'm surprised that georgia is favored First off, and I'm surprised that so many people are picking Georgia because it's not like Alabama beat them in a close game just a little over a month ago. I mean, they they really beat them convincingly, and um, you know, I know Alabama is, doesn't have John Matthew the third, and and they're missing a cornerback and Josh Joe, but um, I, I think Georgia will play a better game this time. But I, I can't see Alabama losing this game.
1: So we're on different sides here. But obviously, I, I I cautioned everyone when I made my selection that I must be nuts to pick against Saban. But again, every rematch game has gone the way of the team that lost the first one previously. And Georgia is favored. And the oddsmakers aren't wrong very much. They know what they're doing. And I've watched these teams play continuously. Uh, Alabama, again, better coach team overall better players. I think Georgia has the better players overall. And Georgia's defense is absolutely off the charts if it shows up in plays. They have no weakness. I watched the first game and Bryce Young had a field day and receivers ran free. I thought Georgia had a very bad game plan with regard to how they played those receivers. A lot of free releases, a lot of playing off coverage. And, you know, Jamison Williams had a big game even Bolden did a good job and Bryce Young had a big game. I got to believe they're going to change their approach and the other part of that is generating a pass rush and of course the other the last part of that equation is Georgia against the run is so good and and Alabama couldn't run the ball on Auburn couldn't run it on LSU really couldn't run it on A&M. So I just think Georgia's got better players although picking against Nick Saban is pretty stupid I think.
2: Well, and the thing is that Alabama has gotten a lot better, uh, you know, late in the season uh, against Georgia and then against Cincinnati. Uh, and, you know, they showed another side of their game where they just said, we're going to just run the ball. You know, I think they're one of their touchdown drives. They didn't throw one pass the whole time um, against Cincinnati. Um, boy, you know, I don't, I don't know if Georgia has better players than Alabama. I, I, think, it's a, I think it's about a push. I mean, and, and plus – you know, Bryce Young, I think, is clearly better than Stetson Bennett. But, you know, Stetson is, is pretty good. Um, uh, but, and he, you know, he's probably better than, than most of the rest of the quarterbacks in the SEC, or, although I'd take Matt Corral over him. But, you know, and the, and the thing about a Saban that makes him so dangerous in games like this is, um, you know, his in-game adjustments. He's, he's the best at that. And, really, that's how he's beaten Kirby, Four straight times, because Kirby has led in three or four of those of those games. You know, he led right. the national game thirteen nothing. He led the SEC title game ten to nothing. The regular season game in eighteen, and the SEC title game in eighteen. I'm getting one of the years off. I mean, he was he was ahead. You know, so uh, that, that's one of the amazing things. But Joe Saban has lost two of these. I mean, he, he did lose to uh, to Clemson. Twice in these, in these championship games, and, and once convincingly.
1: Yeah, and of course the teams that beat Alabama typically can throw the ball and throw it well, and having an athletic quarterback certainly matters. Now, Bennett's not that, but he is a good player. He's solid. He's done a good job. He's a good story. What's the matchup that you like most for Alabama as to why you think they'll win this game?
2: Well, just the way they, they beat him in, in the last game, and they have a very offensive attack. Um, you know they can they can line up and, and run the ball against you, and Bryce Young has just gotten better. He really turned the corner. I mean, he was already pretty good, but I thought he really turned the corner in the Arkansas game, and then that last drive against Auburn, and then in the uh, in the Georgia game, um, he's uh, you know and sometimes he, he hits receivers that are covered. So I so I think the main thing is Bryce Young is. Is is better than Stetson, and Saban is better than, than Smart. Is is the main things, and and the Alabama offense has the ability to to be more versatile than the Georgia offense, and you know the Alabama pass defense is pretty average. I mean their stats, uh, right. but they've gotten better late in the season. Yeah, I,
1: I thought their defense overall was was not particularly great. I think it's a pretty good defense, but nothing like the best defenses they've had over the years. Uh, Anderson's a great player, but I don't think they have many of those caliber of players overall. I think Saban's done one of his best jobs, frankly, with this team this year. Robinson's emerged as as a very good running back. That wasn't necessarily the case earlier this year. And of course, now Slade Bolden out of Louisiana is probably their second best Receiver and he's just a, a chain mover, you know, and a solid guy, but nothing special. So my point is, I, I'm not saying Alabama's not good. They're they're good. They're very good, but they're not what they've been in my estimation in terms of elite talent. I mean, you look at the last five or six years and the players they produced that are in the NFL right now. It's crazy with the talent they've had, especially a wide receiver uh, and of course you know offensive and defensive lines. But this is still a very good team, just in my estimation. Not quite the team that we saw, you know, the last few years from Alabama's perspective.
2: Right, and and you saw their struggles early. You know, they they, they barely beat Florida early in the season, and then even late in the season. I mean, if, if Tank Bigsme stays in bounds in that Auburn game, Auburn runs up the clock, yep, and uh, and and wins in regulation. LSU was within range of of winning, you know. Uh, and, and that's amazing. And, you know, Florida and LSU both finished six and seven, and, and they had a chance to beat Alabama. <laughs> and, and, you know, that, and that's kind of how Alabama was back in the day. Uh, you know, like, especially like when Gene Stallings was the coach when they won the national title in, in 92. <laughs> they, they barely beat Louisiana Tech that year. They, uh, they barely beat Ole Miss. And then, you know, at the end, they explode over Miami. Um, so they, you know, they they just have a way, uh, even in the past before Saban, and definitely with with Saban, of just of doing enough to win.
1: Davo Swinney's the only one to be able to beat Saban more than once when it matters most, and of course Kirby Smart has to prove it. And that's been kind of the argument against Georgia that like, well they've never won the big one. Well, at some point that's true of everyone, and someone breaks through and finally does. And if Georgia's ever going to do it, this looks like. It's best chance. And I say this all the time. The people that establish these odds, they do this for a living. They're pretty doggone good at it. and They don't lose much. And, you know, Georgia was immediately established a favorite in this game. They've bet it down to like two and a half now, but they're still favored in the game. Uh, what do you suspect was the rationale for, you know, for the money people to establish Georgia as the favorite?
2: Well, I, I think Michigan, I, I think they may have thought that Michigan was better than Cincinnati. and Yeah. Georgia beat- Michigan worse than Alabama beat Cincinnati. Right. Um, so, you know, that's a little deceiving because I think Alabama probably could have scored more if they really wanted to. But but the Georgia win was more impressive uh, than, than the recent Alabama win. Uh, but other, other than that, you know, I, I mean, I, I really don't know. I mean, John Metchie, the third, is, is gone. But, you know, they, they won games with our game Williams, uh Williams, too. So, um, you know, and he's probably the better of the two and he's, he's back. Uh, but I, I don't know, you know, it's not, it's not much of a, uh, of a point spread, but, and and Georgia was favored the last time they
1: played too. Right. (laughs) They sure were. (laughs) They sure were. That wasn't close as you mentioned. So Glenn Gilbo with us from outkick.com. All right, Glenn, we'll turn our attention to LSU. I mean, the Brian Kelly thing is a pretty interesting dynamic. You know, my take on that is the guy's a proven winner. He's done nothing but win everywhere he's been. Solid as a rock in his approach. He knows what he's doing, but it is a different culture. It's a different location. And he has to put up with the mass exodus that we've seen in that very awkward situation and awkward year that they had. So i I see it and I look at the schedule next year. That even odd year thing for LSU. It always works out in the odd year. It didn't work out this past year because of all the problems. And now they've got the tougher schedule. So I see LSU probably being like a seven win team next year and yet I do think Brian Kelly is not only a proven commodity but a good coach and a good hire. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I agree. I think he was a, a very good hire. Uh, you know, he's he's not off to a great start in, in recruiting. Um, uh, but you know, he kind of started off behind. I thought I thought he'd be able to bring in some more players and he still may uh before signing date, but he's inheriting uh a worse LSU program than any coach since Saban took over for Jerry DiNardo in 2000. And I think that roster, as far as numbers, was probably better than this roster. I mean, that was embarrassing, the number of players on scholarship LSU had in its bowl game. So so that's going to be tough to, uh, to overcome. You know, I know there's a lot of people in the portal, but, you know, a lot of people transfer in the, into the portal because they're not starting. You know, so, so th- those players are usually not as high quality as the, um, you know, players coming out of high school. And he's not, it looks like he's not going to have a great recruiting class. Now, I am impressed with his two coordinator hires. Took, he, took him some time, but, you know, you got to take your time on those ho- hires, both his offensive and defensive coordinators are good hires. But, you know, I, I think if he wins eight games this year, I mean, that's, that's a great job. If we can come in with
1: that roster and win eight games, Miles Brennan is returning. I know you were, you were a fan of Miles, and and of course he had very bad fortune when he got hurt. He was putting up some huge numbers and playing well. Obviously, that's a a good get. When you looked at that situation, tell me how you think it unfolded. My guess is, you know, Brian Kelly just wasn't a big fan of Max Johnson, and he wouldn't guarantee him a starting position, and thus. Uh, that led to Miles Brennan. Is that kind of the way you saw it?
2: yeah you know, i'm I'm not sure what happened there, but um, you know it, it's it's I would hope Kelly doesn't think Miles Brennan is better than max Johnson because there's there's no proof of that. Uh, you know, miles Brennan there's not a lot there to to look at. He just hasn't played enough, you know no. and and he did put up good numbers early in two thousand and twenty uh, before he got hurt, but uh, two of those defenses were really bad, Vanderbilt and, and Mississippi State, and then he didn't play much before that, and then, you know, his freshman year, he, he kind of lost that Troy game, but that was a long time ago. He's he just kind of un, unproven, and uh, I think Max Johnson is much more proven than he is, and uh, I, I got to think that he's not really going to figure in, in the race. I mean, I think he's good insurance, but if Miles Brennan wins the job, then that means Garrett Nussmeyer and, and Walker Howard were not as good as Bill, you know, as are commensurate to their recruiting. I think one of your starters has to be Nussmeyer or uh, or Walker Howard there. Um, and, you know, and that's something else to be concerned with because, you know, Kelly has, did not have a lot of great quarterbacks at Notre Dame and his offense, you know, he tends to have game management quarterbacks. Ian Book was the exception. Um, But, you know, that's something that LSU fans need to realize, too. He he doesn't have – he he is closer to Les Miles in philosophy of offense than he is to Joe Brady. There's no question about it.
1: And with regard to Walker Howard, he recruited him hard to Notre Dame. So, clearly, he likes Walker Howard. That's pretty obvious.
2: Right. Right. And, you know, Walker's had had some injuries and – and, uh, you know, I've heard from this camp that, that, you know, maybe he wants to even race shirt, but I, but I, find that, you know, startling because if ever LSU was going to start a true freshman quarterback, this, this is the, the season to do it, uh, because they just don't have anything else there. They don't have, uh, especially with Max gone, uh, they don't have an experienced starter there. So, so, you know, if Nussmeier or Howard wins the job, then you can conceivably have, uh, the same starter. For three years.
1: And then, of course, the running back position is thin, and Davis Price declares for the draft. And I mean, I I haven't seen anything yet that's had him at better than a fifth or sixth round, if not a seventh round draft pick.
2: Yeah, and you know, that's the main thing that, and I said this before Kelly got hired, that's the main thing that needs to be fixed at LSU is is this culture really started under Left and continued under Coach O. You know, you got players. Not even expected to go into top three rounds that are leaving, you know. And, and, and what do we always hear about is how great it is to play in Tiger Stadium and all this, you know. And, and you just got players that want to get the hell out of there. It, it's it's crazy. That that's the first thing: roster management uh, and player development. Those are the two things that were really lacking uh, the last two years under Coach O and and at the end for last miles.
1: Right, and then, of course, you couldn't even get guys eligible in some cases because people are still asking questions about John Emery. <laughs> and, again, hard to answer that, right?
2: Yeah, and, and, again, John Emery had not really done much before he was found ineligible this year. You know, he, he didn't not nearly as much as hiring Davis Price, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, the, uh, there, there's a lot, a lot of room for improvement. And, and you know, th- these are things that take time you know, roster management and, and player development. You know, you might not see the real fruits of that for three years down the road if, if Kelly's good at it. So he's really going to need, need some time. I mean, much more than, you know, less Miles one big early, Coach show one relatively big and then really big. You know, th- this one's going to take some time.
1: I agree with that. I think we'll know by the third year uh, where this program is. Glenn, remind everybody about how they can read your material and where they can follow you at.
2: Uh, Outkick dot com. It, it's uh, easy website to get to. combined sports and politics. I have a prediction column on the uh, Alabama Georgia game that's uh, that's up right now, and then uh, also a story on the from the Saints yesterday.
1: Glenn Gilbo, Outkick dot com. Thank you. Appreciate you joining us. Keep up the good work. We'll be watching with great interest tonight.
2: Okay. Thank you, Kenny. Appreciate
1: it. You got it. It's Glenn Gilbo. All right, if you'd like to join in the conversation, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 ahead of the national championship game between Georgia and Alabama coming up next hour. It's on ESPN, by the way. Later on in our show, we'll visit with Ross Jackson of Canal Street Chronicles and break down the New Orleans Saints season that is over now and what is to come of the Saints in the future as well. But when we return following a brief timeout, we'll talk some women's college basketball. Uh, the Tulane Lady Green Wave back in action against the 24th ranked team in the country. We'll visit with veteran outstanding Tulane coach Lisa Stockton when we continue in just a moment. Rudy Dixon, our producer. I'm Ken Trahan. This is All Access for a Monday night. Back in a minute here on 106.1 FM, NASH ICOM We're on the web at NASHFM1061.com.
3: New Orleans Country, 106.1 Nash Icon, is once again your home for New Orleans Privateers Basketball. Tune in to Jude Young for all the action, as UNO takes on top-rated college basketball teams, including local rivals and Southland Conference foes, in their quest to win championships and return to the NCAA Tournament. All season long, set sail with the UNO Privateers on New Orleans Country, 106.1 Nash Icon.
0: Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day 2022.
4: You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message
5: brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. Yes, Ms. Tapps. Uh, No problem. I'll call someone about the plumbing. One of Beatrice's properties needs a new superintendent. Someone with handyman superpowers and a concierge alter ego. Does anyone know any good electricians near Parkville? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Conventional wisdom said we couldn't make a 400-horsepower sedan. That's also a plug-in hybrid. At Volvo, we don't follow conventional wisdom. The all-new Volvo S60. Learn more at volvocars.com
1: forward slash U.S.
4: To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at bergeronvolvo.com today.
5: At Churches, we're doing 10 pieces of our crave-worthy comfort made spicy or classic. That's 10 legs and thighs packed with bold flavor. That's how we do value. So you can do the Churches 10 starting at ten ninety nine deal. Churches, bringing a down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Cumulus New Orleans has an immediate opening for a digital account
6: executive. If you have at least one year experience in paid search, Google display, paid social media, and digital video advertising, and want your paycheck to directly reflect your hard work with no income send your resume to NolaSales at Cumulus.com. That's NolaSales at C-U-M-U-L-U-S dot com. Cumulus New Orleans is an equal opportunity employer.
3: If you're looking for a local professional Louisiana contractor who has thousands of squares of material in stock right in our Luling warehouse, you have found him. We can get the material out to the job and we can get the job done. Han Roofing refuses to use the cheapest products they can find. Why would anyone want to shop for the cheapest price for their insurance company? Call Hon Roofing today. The number is 504-737-2228. 504-737-2228.
0: Come on down to the Silver
3: Slipper. Hi, this is John from the Silver Slipper, inviting you to join us at our award-winning Jubilee Buffet any Monday through Thursday for our all-new Shrimp Feast, where we feature several fabulous shrimp entrees on our buffet line, in addition to our regular lineup. Then on Friday nights and all day Saturday and Sunday, our very popular Crab Feast returns, which has been a favorite here at the Slipper for years. Celebrating 15 years as your friend and neighbor, Silver Slipper Casino, we are proud to be your host on the coast.
5: Have a good time at the Silver Slipper. This report is sponsored by ExpressPros.com. Losing sleep over a stressful job or a bad boss? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Connect on the Express Jobs app or ExpressPros.com more than half a million people find work with Express each year. I'm
1: Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints won and lost Sunday. The Saints won 30-20 in Atlanta, but missed the playoffs when the Rams blew a 17-0 lead and lost 27-24 in overtime to San Francisco. In the Saints game, Alvin Kamara rushed for 146 yards. Trevor Simeon passed for two scores. Simeon was pressed into action in the second quarter when Taysom Hill left with an injured foot. Quan Alexander and recovered a pair of fumbles. Hill had a touchdown down passing. Cam Jordan had a sack and batted down two passes for the Saints, who finished the season at 9-8, and eight, but missed the playoffs for the first time since 2016. It was close throughout, but the Pelicans lost 105-101 at Toronto Sunday. Brandon Ingram scored 22 points, while Jonas Valanciunas had 20 points and 17 rebounds. The Pelicans returned home to host Minnesota Tuesday. The Pelicans re-signed forward Gary Clark to a two-way contract prior to the game and waived two-way player Jared Harper. And tonight is the national championship game, a rematch between Alabama and Georgia in Indianapolis. The Bulldogs are a two-and-a-half point favorite despite losing to Alabama 41-24 in the SEC Championship game. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan.
0: Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061.
1: Very good American Athletic Conference basketball game coming up on Wednesday at Fogelman Arena as the Tulane Lady Green Wave take on 24th-ranked South Florida. Again, should be awfully good. Looking forward to the matchup. Joining us to talk about that and more, it's a 6 p.m. contest, by the way, is the outstanding longtime Tulane women's coach, Lisa Stockton. Lisa, listen, it's Good to be talking basketball again. Had to wait quite a while before you played again, and I guess that was not very easy, but those are the times we find ourselves in, right?
7: It really is. I mean, we've had a, a lot of gaps and a lot of breaks, you know, in December and, and going into this month, so it's it, it's been a little crazy. But um, once we get going on Wednesday, we got a bunch of games in a row, so we'll, we'll see what we're made of then.
1: Yeah, 22, games, 22 days between games in December. That was tough. Came back and won, and, of course, the tough loss most recently – to a good UCF team and and first and foremost about the American Athletic Conference. I know people think about UConn from the past, but the bottom line is this is a good league. You know, I look at the power rankings and you know, there's there's a lot of teams that are that are in good shape to have a chance to make the postseason. I mean, Houston's good, Tulsa's good. I mean, I could go down a list and talk about South Florida and UCF of course, your own team. It's a good league, isn't it?
7: It's a great league, you know, except for having UConn. You mentioned them not being in anymore. This is probably the best it's been. Um, I think we're ranked sixth right now in the power ratings of the conference, which is really, really strong. And you know, there's, there's no easy nights. And, and, again, you you throw the situation with COVID to where you're, you're not sure when you're playing and you get rescheduled and things like that. It's going to be a crazy year. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tremendously competitive league.
1: Well, great familiarity with USF coming in because – you're talking about two coaches combined that have been at their respective schools for a combined fifty years Jose Fernandez has been there for a long time uh, he's won four hundred three games of course you've been at Tulane for twenty eight years as a head coach winning five hundred forty eight games so you know what to expect right
7: yes I mean it's it's that's one thing about conference play is it's nice you get into familiar territory and um, Jose's done a great job we we I knew him back when we were in conference USA the first time and uh you know, he's done a great job. His program's ranked in the top 20, uh, top 25 pretty consistently. And, um, yeah, they've got wins over Stanford and Oregon this year. So it's uh, it's going to be a, a tough matchup. And we're starting off the league with the two strong teams. And, um, you yeah, know, we're excited about it. We're excited to get them home and, and excited to get them in Devlin.
1: You've got a starting lineup that is basically all average double figures Wanted. In games in Mill High, but you look at the other four all in double figures, so you've gotten tremendous contribution from the starting five. Is developing key depth an issue for you?
7: Well, I think, yes, I think that's, you know, we've got experienced players in that starting lineup. I think we've got some other players. um, You've got Kayla Anderson and Sierra Cheatham who've played a lot of minutes coming off the bench, and that does that experience. Um, You know, I love having teams, a team like this where you have all these different players that can score different nights, um, you, you go into a game and if, if they shut one person down or one person's off, I think we've got a chance to still win. Um, but it's it, it's been fun having different players step up.
1: Two of the things that stand out, you shot, shot the ball well from the free throw line nearly 74%. You've out-rebounded teams by a significant margin. That's always a big plus.
7: It is, and that's an area over the last two years we've really improved in. Now, now one of the things, we, we have added Moon Urson, which really helps because she's second in the league in rebounding, so that that's helped those numbers. And I think, um, in a league like ours, it's really competitive. It, there's going to be nights you don't shoot well to get more opportunities, I think, really help you. So that's, that's a stat I think is pretty important for us.
1: No, it's remarkable. when you mentioned that about Moon is the fact that she's 5'6". So don't pay attention to height. She's a right. battle. She was like that in high school. I did several of her games, and she's just tough as nails. And, and that's, rebounding is largely about attitude, and she clearly has that.
7: Well, it's, it's attitude, it's effort. And um, the fact that she can really jump, that helps her too. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely believe when you've got some – especially some perimeter players that get in there and get you extra opportunities, that really helps you. And, um, you know, again, you've you got players like Dinah Jones and Arsua and, um, Clark on the perimeter that are pretty dynamic to the goal. So um, it, it's a fun team. It's a fun team to coach. I, I think that the most difficult thing is we just haven't played much. So as a coach, like I want to see if we can – once we start playing, if we can get some momentum and, and, and kind of get that chemistry and get on a little bit of a roll.
1: And then, of course, it also helps when you have great experience, and you certainly have that when you're talking about players like some of the ones we've already discussed. You know, you talk about Ursula Clark Sr., Redshirt Sr., Crystal Freeman, same thing, Moon Urson, we know she's uh, that incredibly experienced player. And then, of course, you got Donna Jones, who's been there, it seems like, for about seven or eight years, or as I recall, doing some of her games yeah, on the I, high school I, level. I
7: think some of the conference opponents probably feel the same way. <laughs> yeah, you can't get them out of there.
1: But but clearly this yeah, is an experienced got that team.
7: A year. So they're going to have yeah. to figure it again.
1: Point being, you expected this to be a pretty good team, didn't you?
7: I did. I I I definitely feel like last year we were um uh, just so close in so many games and just just lacking a little bit. And um then this year just having that experience and having the experience of even Moon Urson coming in and just that maturity that she has um, has really obviously added to our team. And, and there is a certain degree of confidence there. Um, but as you mentioned earlier, the league's never been stronger top to bottom. So it's not going to be a gimme. Even though we're stronger, I think everyone else is. And um, you look at Central Florida and South Florida, they have everyone back that was playing last year. They were both NCAA teams. So, yeah, this is a, a league that, you know, we, we better step up every night.
1: Women's basketball, it's just good to see it getting more attention equity needs to be achieved. Obviously, that's being addressed. It's going to be a a period of time for that to happen, but I think it's happening. But in Louisiana, it's nice to see a little more of a focus because you and I both remember when your program was elite and you're an NCAA program pretty consistently. We know what LSU was in a Final Four team. We know what Louisiana Tech was back in the day and how good it was. And now we see a crowd the other night at a game in Louisiana of just about 10,000 fans in Baton Rouge Nice to see a little bit of a renaissance with women's basketball in this state.
7: It is, and and really, when you look at the history of this state and women's basketball, it's it's amazing. I mean, again, you mentioned Louisiana Tech and what they did many years ago. It, it for a state, especially the size. You look at the population of Louisiana and look at how good some of the teams have been here in the state. So. It's definitely something to be proud of. I, I think the, the fans get behind it. Um, you know, Coming off of a year with COVID where you couldn't really go out, You know, I want to see – it's nice if we can see people come out and really support it again. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a good year in the state.
1: Pretty good year in Louisiana when it comes to high school basketball. I was at the All-State Sugar Bowl National Prep Classic this past weekend. Saw one that's committed to Tulane. Can't mm-hmm. talk about her, but that was good. And, by the way, she looked good. So, it's a pretty good st- – Pretty good year in this state, but t- that's not uh, an exception. That's typically the rule, isn't it?
7: It is. Uh, when you look at we we probably don't have the depth um, of talent as you'd have in, in Texas, but I think a lot of that is because of population. But I think our good ones are good, are really good. And if you look at our roster right now, I mean, I, I'm really proud to know that if you look at our roster, how many Louisiana kids are on our roster, and you look at our starting lineup, I think we have three in our starting lineup. And and that that's really... Something we're proud of is that we've always been able to keep some of those really good players here. You look at Colby Morgan, you look at different players like that Um, here in the state and stay in in New Orleans. And, um, you know, I think that, that says a lot about kids just wanting to stay home and play.
1: All right, so the game on Wednesday night, the, the pure facts, the ugly numbers are the fact that they've beaten 18 straight times. This has been a tough team to beat. You had, them, you had them buried for a while in this series, and they just took over, and you haven't won a game against them since, what, 2008 or 2009. Since it's been a while. This,
7: since we came into America, and we, haven't, we haven't beaten them. Now, we've, we've had about three games decided in the last 10 seconds. Um, we had last year we had a lead on them in the conference tournament, and then they came back and hit a three and 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 one and end up beating us. So it's been um, it's been close. It just we just haven't been able to do it. And again, to their to, to give a tribute to them, I mean they've been really really successful there. Um, you know, tomorrow night's important. I think tomorrow night is not do or die, but I think tomorrow night's a great opportunity for us. Um, they've had some great wins and they have great RPI, they a great net. Um, it's a good opportunity for us. So. You know, hopefully we can get that, that place rocking and loud. And, and we, we all know that that arena is as good as any when there's fans in it.
1: No doubt. Uh, I guess final thought or two before we let you get away. What's it going to take to turn the tide against this team? What do you have to do? What's the most important thing that you must
7: well, do? Well, I think there's a couple of things. One, I mean, they have good defense. I mean, we're going to have to shoot well. We're going to have to shoot not necessarily threes, but we're going to have to be able to – Shoot a good percentage from the field, which is one of our strengths this year. Um, We're going to have to defend them and defend the three because they can get really hot at the three. And the other you talked about earlier is is win that rebounding battle or just not lose it bad. I think they get a lot of opportunities, so you know they're they're a team that you know their offense. If they get a lot of opportunities, they're going to beat you, and so we've got to keep that from happening.
1: Tulane, twenty fourth ranked USF. Ogleman Arena, looking forward to it. Lisa, thank you so much for the time. As always, Happy New Year and nothing but the best in this Battle of the Green coming up.
7: Well, thank you. Thanks for having me
1: on. My pleasure. Thank you. Lisa Stockton of Tulane University. We'll take a brief timeout. 260-1061. Saints are next. We'll talk with Ross Jackson as we continue with more of all access here on 1061-FM, Nash Icon, and at NashFM1061.com. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food in a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's hands and all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rumble. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lake you.
4: Why does Walgreens offer copays as low as zero dollars and ninety-day refills? Because we care about Medicare, so you don't have to. I mean, do you really care to hear me go on about same-day prescription delivery making your life easier, or how there's a pharmacy expert available twenty-four-seven and one-click refills? Well, I just did, anyways. Fill your Medicare prescriptions with Walgreens and save
5: zero-dollar copays. apply to tier one generic drugs and select plans with Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. Restrictions apply. See Walgreens.com/Medicare for complete details.
6: Exergen wants you to know about an important study just released by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has known all along. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate the rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen learn more at exergen.com
5: tired of being tired new Zequil pure z's restorative herbal sleep is a melatonin free sleep aid made with clinically studied plant-based ingredients to help promote better restorative sleep sleep this good feel this good this report is sponsored by new Zequil pure z's restorative herbal sleep tired of being tired New Zequil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep is a melatonin-free sleep aid made with clinically studied plant-based ingredients to help promote better restorative sleep. Sleep this good, feel this good.
3: This is Josh Danzig with Where at Magazine and the newly relaunched whereyouat.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon. This Friday at the House of Blues, it's the 2022 Beatles Fest playing the Let It Be album live. And Saturday night, it's Tankin' the Bangas, live with the LPO at the Orpheum Theater with special guest PJ Morton. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Worry At Magazine in locations all over town.
4: Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital.
6: Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60
8: years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com.
0: This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260 1061 now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at
1: NashFM1061.com. the Saints season, of course, coming to an end at 9-8. and eight. Despite the 30-20 to 20 win at Atlanta, you know the story. The Rams blew it and the Saints are home. Joining us to talk about the Saints season and about what's to come, of course, Locked On Saints and from Canal Street Chronicles, great to visit with Ross Jackson. Ross, always a pleasure. Thank you for the time. And disappointing because... Uh, you really you always pull for the team look even though I'm a journalist of four decades plus I you know I don't I'm not ashamed of course I pull for the team but you're always objective in what you have to say but this year more than ever I was kind of pulling for this team because of everything they've been through so it really was a disappointment from that perspective wasn't it
8: yeah absolutely and I'm right there with you I mean you know I'm you know I work very hard to be you know objective and, and respectful of all of it but you couldn't help but pull for this team, especially, you know, for folks like us that have ties to it for long before we started journalism. And so I think that, you know, this New Orleans Saints team was certainly one that really went through the ringer so far throughout this season and everything. And you know, and, and honestly at the end of the year handled what they needed to handle in terms of what situation was there and available for them to be able to extend their play into a postseason run but unfortunately they needed a little bit of help from somewhere and wasn't able to get it and so uh, now their 2022 offseason begins and is underway at this point but certainly disappointing and in short from what this team had hoped for themselves
1: yesterday was kind of the microcosm of the season Taysom hill was having perhaps his best game as a saint off the charts quarterback rating and really looked good and then a non-contact injury and he's done uh, Trevor Simeon comes in, does a solid job, and I guess I'll start there. Sean Payton has done a masterful job with that quarterback room really over the past four years or so. If you, if, if you can, you can say he's done that the whole time he's been here, whether it's been Chase Daniel, Mark Brunel, and down the road, but then most recently with Teddy Bridgewater, and of course with Taysom Hill, even though he's got haters, he's, he's certainly a capable player, uh, in sure. particular as a backup. And then Trevor Simeon, who is a legitimate, solid, NFL backup quarterback in my mind
8: yeah absolutely I mean it, it, it's remarkable and I think a lot of credit goes to though no, he's no longer um, no longer with the team but you know formerly their quarterback coach and uh and coach Lombardi who just had his season come to an end last night as well with the uh Los Angeles Chargers he did a remarkable job with that quarterback room that included Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill and now uh, quarterback coach Ronald Curry who is a, a bit of a rising star in the NFL in terms of coaching conversations and, and you know, position coaching, all of that. And, uh, you know, he's done a remarkable job this offseason with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and Travis Simeon, and, 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 you know, even to to an extent, I know we didn't really get to see him under the greatest circumstances, but, you know, even getting Ian Book to the point where he can go out there and run plays, <laughs> you know, in a, in a game in which Ian Book hadn't thrown passes while to, to receivers running full-speed routes until – the pregame warmups, uh, warmups on that Monday night football game against Miami because they were all separated during that, you know, unfortunate COVID outbreak that took place, uh, for the St. locker room. And so, uh, you know, I think Sean Payton has done a remarkable job with that over the course of the, his entire tenure in New Orleans with some of those, those, uh, quarterbacks that you mentioned. But, you know, I think a lot of it also comes down to the work of those coordinators, position coaches and everybody that also you know, got the job done here over these past few years, and in particular this year when we saw four different starting quarterbacks in the Saints uniform, which is very much out of the ordinary. It was out of the ordinary over the last two years to see a second quarterback in <laughs> in the Saints uniform right. uh, at any point. Now this year we saw a total of four.
1: Certainly don't judge Book for the game he was thrown into. Right. Uh, Still has a future in the league, I think. Uh, But with regard to the future, the the offense needs to be addressed significantly. I think we'll get into that in a moment. But you always start with the most important position. Sean Payton did not comment on Jameis Winston today. He did comment on Taysom Hill that he'll need surgery and such. I look forward, and, and I've said from the beginning of the season that I felt like the 2022 starting quarterback for the Saints wasn't on the roster. Now I think I'm really starting to change my thought process that because they have such great needs in other areas on offense, they might run it back with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill next year because they need a wide receiver. They might need a tight end. In fact, they do. They need an offensive lineman. They just have significant needs on that side of the ball. And and because of that, I think there's a reasonable chance they might run it back with Winston and Hill.
8: I can see them certainly doing that, and and I, I wouldn't be, you know, I don't think I would be disappointed to see the Saints do that, nor shocked to see the Saints do that. And you know, I think they'll be aggressive in terms of pursuing as many different options as possible, doing their due diligence, right? They're they're a very good organization, and that's what a good organization will do. But I wouldn't be surprised to see. Here's here's what I will say: If the New Orleans Saints did that, they certainly wouldn't be disappointed in doing that. I, I think they have a lot of faith in guys like Jameis Winston as well as Taysom Hill. And I think you saw it this season, you know the playbook continued to open up for Jameis Winston with the weapons available for him uh, throughout the season you saw Taysom Hill I thought got better and better every time that we saw him in every game do I think that you know either one of those guys is the future of the franchise in terms of being a franchise quarterback for 10 plus years that I can't say I mean well let me not say 10 plus years but you know five six years That I can't say, but if they were to run it back with those guys in 2022 to allow themselves more room to be able to address those needs and keep a guy like Marcus Williams in the building, especially knowing how important he is to this New Orleans Saints defense and how impactful this defense was in 2021, I think that's where the Saints end up focusing The idea really of making sure that they're returning as many players as possible is going to be over on that defensive side. But on the offense, they have a lot of opportunity to kind of upgrade and reload in a bunch of different places. And so going with a more familiar quarterback situation and therefore a cheaper quarterback situation could help them do that.
1: Yeah, I think Williams is essential uh, to bring back on the defensive end, but it costs money. So you turn to the offense, and I kind of see Teron Armstead like I see or like I saw a guy like Trey Hendrickson. It's not like they wanted to lose Hendrickson, and he's proven how good he is this year, by the way, and he's 26. But it was a money situation. They had to pick and choose, and they couldn't pick and choose everybody. And based upon health and where Teron Armstead is in his career, can they really afford to pay him moving forward?
7: Well,
8: it's funny because it, you know it's, it's going to cost them to not pay him or to not pay him and keep him around as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because he's going to yep. carry a $13 million cap hit. Correct. next season if he's not on the team. So the, the interesting thing will be, do they find a way to sort of alleviate that, or are they okay with taking that hit in 2022 so that they don't invest in him in future seasons, or do they instead make the decision to invest in him in future seasons in order to knock down the short-term spending? So it'll be very interesting to see which way the New Orleans teams go with that. And I think, honestly... Depending upon the decision that they make with Tron Armstead, it kind of clues you in potentially on what it is that this New Orleans Saints team or organization is looking at in terms of their future. Because if they bring him back and they're willing to invest in him in a little bit longer term, then it sort of gives you the inclination that they're willing to spend some money immediately in 2022 as opposed to, you know, working on longer deals or anything like that whereas if they do let him go and they're willing to eat some form of that dead cap hit in 2022, then it shows you that they're looking a little bit further toward the future. So, look, the New Orleans Saints are masters when it comes to manipulating and maneuvering around the salary cap and everything, and I'm sure either way they'd figure it out, but they are in a little bit of a complicated situation based upon Toron Armstead's health, but also the money that they would be on the hook for if he walked in 2022. Knowing that you have a larger salary cap and the salary cap is expected to sort of grow exponentially, starting 2023, 24, 25, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Saints actually go ahead and extend him to knock down his cap it in 2022 and then back up some money in, you know, areas where you expect the salary cap to swell a bit. But that one's going to be a really interesting one to watch because can you really invest in somebody that, you know, you're not guaranteed to get out on the field and missed what, nine games this season? I mean, it's tough. It's tough to invest in that.
1: Well, if you take that whole left side of the offensive line with he and Pete and look back at the last five years Mm -hmm. at the number of games they've missed it's astonishing and they've already made the investment in Pete so that's the big concern considering what else they have to address who knows what's going to happen with Michael Thomas? I mean, people ask me all the time. I don't have an answer for that. Who knows what's going to happen at quarterback? Are they really going to be players for a Russell Wilson, for a Deshaun Watson? Can they really afford to be players? Uh, look, there's, there's a bunch of questions on the offensive side of the football. And then tight end, Adam Trubman and Juwan Johnson showed some degree of promise, but is that what you want long term? So to me, there's just a lot of questions on that side of the ball.
8: Yeah, it's going to be a very, very intriguing off season, particularly on the offensive side for this team. And it can get very interesting in the coaching staff, too. I mean, you're talking about six, seven different coaching uh, positions that are open now across the NFL, potentially more on the way, right? Sometimes we see these things happen a little bit later. If you got three GM positions currently open across the NFL, that could end up impacting the Saints from a front office perspective in addition to what they're doing on the, off- on the offensive perspective itself. So there are going to be a lot of storylines to watch over the course of this offseason. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to lack for any storylines, that's for sure. It's not going to lack for interest, that's for sure. But, but I do think that the New Orleans Saints will be more aggressive players this offseason, knowing that they were able to combat and navigate what they navigated this season and come out as a 9-8 and eight borderline playoff team. I think that they should, I wouldn't be surprised if they looked at 2022 as a season for them to really be able to compete if they just make the right decisions and then to be a little bit more aggressive than usual based on that to get themselves back into the playoffs and potentially into another deep playoff run as quickly as possible.
1: Sure, it's obvious that they were 29th in the league in offense going into yesterday's game, and yet they're still 9-8, and eight, and they blew games this year. They blew the game against the Giants against a really bad team. That's the one that really stung the most in my mind, more so than the Atlanta game at home when they score in the final minute to win. And the game in Tennessee where you got a guy named Brian Johnson misses two extra points, right? So right. there were games that got away. That's always the case. You can't have more than two of those if you want to be a playoff team, and they had at least three of them.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, those are the things where you have Will Lutz on this team, for instance, and you're probably an 11-win team. It's yep. the, the margin of error is that thin, right? And so, uh, you know, that becomes a huge part of, I think, what the New Orleans Saints look to going into next season is just how close they were. and the And, and instead of using that as a means of comfort, using that as a means of discomfort in that they don't want to, be that team that was just that close again, right? They want to be that team that has the pieces that they need in the building. And, look, I mean, you know, they were up against some impossible circumstances just this off season as well with being over $100 million up against the salary cap or over the salary cap, excuse me, and having to, you know, cut and shed here and there. I don't think that they really gutted their team in terms of the star players, but they were certainly impacted in terms of, of depth, right? And, you know, players like Trey Hendrickson that you mentioned, uh, Emmanuel Sanders, these other guys that were, you know, second, third options, but were key or rotational or fundamental to their positions, New Orleans mm-hmm. Saints didn't have this season. And you saw that end up being impacted when you had players like Peyton Turner miss 12 games, Tono Passaniel miss six games, or excuse me, nine games of Marcus Davenport at one point missing six games as well throughout the season, and, and you didn't have that rotation. At the wide receiver spot, you never had Michael Thomas this season. You never had, really, the wide receiver core. This is the team that's going to finish without a 700-yard receiver this season. And those are the pieces that they ended up missing out on in 2021 that I don't expect them to miss out on in 2022.
1: Locked on Saints, uh, of course, follow Canal Street Chronicles and via Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Ross, thank you so much again. Keep up the great work. We'll visit again soon.
8: Absolutely. And pretty, appreciate you, buddy. Thanks so much, as always, for having me on. And we'll be talking in here soon.
1: My pleasure. We'll take a brief time out. Back with a final word in a moment here on 1061 FM, Nash Icon.
0: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents
8: and uh, Don't you just love the smell of old books? <laughs>
6: This is a library. Sorry, ma'am. We're looking for a book titled Liberty Mutual Customizes Your Car Insurance so You Only Pay For What You Need. I don't think we carry that, but check nonfiction. Ah! It really does devour literature. Please leave. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty.
4: Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever, brought to you by Kohl's. Today's
5: topic, exercise. You know, the right gear makes all the difference. Sure does, which is why I went to Kohl's and got an Adidas hoodie for my husband and some Under Armour gear for myself. Is shopping your cardio (laughs) more like my motivation? I
4: also picked up some Nike sneakers for my son. Oh, family workouts. (laughs) That's the goal.
5: Select styles. Coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details.
3: If you're looking for a local professional Louisiana contractor who has thousands of squares of material in stock right in our Luling warehouse, you have found him. We can get the material out to the job and we can get the job done. Han Roofing refuses to use the cheapest products they can find. Why would anyone want to shop for the cheapest price for their insurance company? Call Han Roofing today. The number is 504-737-2228. 504-737-2228.
6: Exergen wants you to know about an important study just released by the FDA. It confirms what the medical community has known all along. Non-contact thermometers are not accurate, and they fail to meet FDA requirements for accuracy and labeling. With new strains of COVID on the rise, we can't afford to tolerate the rampant false temperature readings from non-contact thermometers. You need Exergen thermometers because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com.
4: You know your closet well, but what does it sound like? Yes, your closet. Does it whisper your taste? Does it scream your taste? The new Stitch Fix Freestyle, your personalized store, gets to know your unique style and fit. Its selection transforms to show you only the looks and trends you will love. With a store that evolves alongside your taste, your closet will scream, so you, without actually screaming. Introducing Stitch Fix Freestyle for women and men, your personalized store. We're so you. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer.
5: Yes, Ms. Tapps. Uh, No problem. I'll call someone about the plumbing. One of Beatrice's properties needs a new superintendent. Someone with handyman superpowers and a concierge alter ego. Does anyone know any good electricians near Parkville? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Tackle
8: your worst cold and flu symptoms with max strength NyQuil Severe. The nighttime sniffling,
5: sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Use as directed
4: find it in the Colton Flu aisle at a Walmart near you.
5: At churches, we're doing 10 pieces of our crave-worthy comfort made spicy or classic. That's 10 legs and thighs packed with bold flavor. That's how we do value. So you can do the Church's 10 starting at ten ninety nine. deal.